0: Gotta have those clicks, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Rats and humans live side by side in harmony. This is fan request ratatouille spoilers. Let's go. Hello, everyone. We have the fullest boat about of all time, I think. There's seven of us. Uh, I don't want, let's try to like zip around really quick. We'll go west to east to say your name, city recording out of, and like some super small anecdote about cooking, I guess. So I think that's probably you, Renee.
1: Yeah, because I'm north of Corey. Uh, Hello, it is uh, Pixie Bomber here. And I've actually won an award for my crockpot dessert. Bop bop.
0: Next. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Hi, this is Corey, recording out of Simi Valley, California. Kylo Ren Memes is my other name. Um, th- that was pretty quick, man. I wish you would have given me a warning. I could have <laughs> probably figured out a good story here.
0: Next, a good chef. Oh, uh- a good chef can think <laughs> on his feet. Who's next? Oh. Happy. Jeez. Well, this is Pappy
3: recording from Louisville, Colorado. Uh, life comes at you fast. A year ago at this time, I was eating Quiznos every day for dinner, and now I am quarantined in my house and making food all the time. What the heck is Quiznos? Is that a store owned by Steve Buscemi? I used to live next to the first Quiznos, and there's a Hannibal Burris sketch where he calls it Quiznos, and it's kind of one was of just stuck in my brain for the rest gotcha. of my life. <laughs>
0: Corey, do you have one? I didn't mean to actually be mean to you.
3: No, <laughs>
2: you know what? I'll
0: just shut up. <laughs> no, I, I actually don't, so it's fine. Just keep rolling. All right, I was playing the, uh, Anton Ego a little too hard there. Who's next? <laughs> okay, uh, Mikey? Mikey? <clears throat>
4: Uh, yeah, Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana, and uh, with this quarantine going on, I'm really getting back into PB&J sandwiches, but only if they're toasted, <laughs> uh, <it's> a little <laughs> hidden delicacy, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but uh, it's pretty good.
0: Perfect. Stevie?
5: Hey, there's a Stevie recording from Elkhart, Indiana. Um, I consider myself a pretty good chef, and I actually made the dish from Ratatouille about a week or two ago, and it turned out amazing. It's peasant
0: food. It was delicious food. And that voice you hear is Brett coming from Fort Wayne.
6: Yes, Brett Fort Wayne. Uh, I'm a terrible cook. I recently, uh, last year, I started grilling and I got pretty good at it. I like to make marinades. I like
0: to make steak. So. And this is Josh, your host. Um, I, I have like probably the least experience with this movie out of everyone. Um, yes. I, I do like cooking, so I guess my anecdote is that last time Stevie and Mikey came over to record, tried a new recipe with some <laughs> wings. And, it was
5: battery acid.
0: Yeah, they lovingly <laughs> referred to them as battery acid wings. So, oh, um, I'm
1: sure they hurt when they came back out.
0: I like your wings, boys. Josh. I like your wings. Oh, the famous spicy boys. <laughs> Anyway, like I was saying, I've only seen Ratatouille one time in my life, and it was Same. yesterday with my family. But we have some people here that are Disney experts. Pappy, you guys have done a. Mo- You've done half a pod on all the Pix- Pixar movies, and a full pod on every Disney animated studio ever?
3: Yeah, I, we, we did a quick ranking of the Pixar movies on our Onward pod, and maybe Josh, we should also say why. We're all gathered here today uh, reviewing Ratatouille. Do you have
0: the requester's name? I do. I have it up. Um, Jack Story um, DM'd us, and we actually didn't see us see it at first because he's in like the general tab or something like that. But he said, hi, I've been listening for over a year now, and it's clear to me how passionate Stevie and Pappy were about Ratatouille. I'm pretty sure it's on Disney+. Plus." So it would be great if you could cover that. And usually it takes us about a year to get to these, but this is a pretty <laughs> or timely sometimes request. sometimes we
2: don't do them at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like this idea, though, of doing fan requests without them being a pick from trivia. Like, let's just do them, you know?
1: And it's mm-hmm. not me making the request either.
3: <laughs> well, I wanted to, like, in the quarantine, you know what I mean? Our numbers... Took a little bit of a hit. I don't think people are listening in their cars or at work when they're not pretending <laughs> to do their jobs anymore.
0: So we're people's like second and third favorite. So
3: yeah, it's it's a long commute podcast. You've already listened to some Toe Rogan. <laughs> you've listened to some. Oh, some other I stuff. haven't
1: listened to you guys at all in a while.
3: <laughs> but Stevie, oh. you, you're the you, your passion for Ratatouille is probably why Mike, what was his name, Mark,
0: Jack story.
3: Jack, sorry, <laughs> That's the reason Jack reached out to <laughs> us. What, Stevie, what do you love about Ratatouille? Because I think that's what came across in that Onward episode.
5: um my love for Ratatouille. Um, I had the opportunity to see this movie when it first came out, and I was about sixteen years old. And I saw Transformers instead, and I still regret it to this day. Oh. And I didn't see this movie until I was about twenty-three or twenty-four. And I think it's kind of the passion. Just, I mean, it, Ratatouille could be about you know a rat wanting to learn how to ride a bike, but I think it's the passion for what he loves that comes across to me that makes me love this movie so much.
0: He's got the love of the game, for sure. He really does. (laughs) It's contagious, and I think this movie does make you want to cook, and it's kind of a slow burn, too. Like It doesn't start off with him just cooking the best thing ever. It kind of builds to it. And, Corey, I really like... It starts
1: with lightning, you guys. It's very... (laughs) Fast start.
0: <laughs> it's a quick start. And I, I broke this down into what I thought were three pretty solid acts. And the first one is basically um at a farmhouse out in the quote country. Corey, I like to throw to you for origin story sort of stuff. Can you fill us in on what's going on with these rats?
2: Um yes, I can. So they're kind of living out in the country. There's a big community of rats and they basically like raid this old woman's house for food i think remy has like a special power he can smell smell poison and the other ones can't so he knows what they should eat but um we also get to see like on the tv i think it is there's this restaurant called gustos it's kind of building things up for later and uh, we just get to meet remy and his family we got emile who's one of his brothers kind of dopey guy and uh brian dennehy i think is the dad Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace as of today. That's right, man. Yeah. So I guess this episode also goes out to him, right?
4: Yeah. A king. <laughs> oh,
2: so, you can smell ingredients. So what? This is my dad. He's never impressed. He also happens to be the leader of our clan. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the kind of set up them living in the country scavenging for food, and that's really the intro, unless you want me to go more into it.
0: Well, I was going to kick it to Brett. What is... Uh I always call him Ratatouille, but his name's actually Remy. What? <laughs> Remy. <laughs> Little chef. What is his relationship to his, you know, super conservative, staunch family?
6: He's uh <laughs> he doesn't like doing what they do. Uh he, he wants to be more than just a rat. Uh eating out, eating garbage, he wants to eat good food, he wants to do something more than just scavenge and steal.
0: So Do you think Remy's kind of like libertarian, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I guess.
6: <laughs> oh, I think he's a demo rat. No, but but honestly, what's what's it like? Great answer. Just can you Thank dig you. into
0: like the father son relationship? Because I think it's pretty touching and kind of a key thread in the movie.
6: Was well, dad wants him to be what he is? Like uh, you know what rats do. He wants him to do what. The family's always done what Rat's nature is, and uh, Remy wants to do something else. He's not content doing that. I mean, I think he might be resigned to do it if he had to, but I think he'd be miserable. And I think getting away from his family, while sad, ended up being the best thing for him. I mean, I know he didn't mean to be away from his family. There was a flood or whatever, or or they went down the drain or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's a good relationship. It's kind of what drives him like he wants his dad to be proud of him but his dad's not proud of him for doing that kind of stuff his dad would be proud of him for saving other rats from eating poison or yeah you know helping them find food with his his nose i mean so he's kind of barking up the wrong tree
0: and his dad's name is Django. we should add Django. Django. stevie you love theories and prequel stuff Brian Denny's character, Django, is like the clan leader. You got any idea of how he became such?
5: Well, he's a very large rat. I mean, he's not (laughs) as big as that. I think that guy's name was Tiny. Um, (laughs) He's huge. Absolute massive rat. But I have never thought about (laughs) this question, Josh. (laughs) I think it's kind of his, I guess you could say pig-headedness, that just... I imagine it was this. I imagine it was him yes. and another guy were running it. And he was so stubborn and so bold that split <laughs> into factions. And I'm sure that one day there was a massive fight, and they were like, For all those who are with me, come with Django. And they went to this old lady's farmhouse, and there was another guy who was like, I'm not going to steal from that old woman's house. And Django was like, You suit yourself. And we never saw that. <laughs>
2: So this clan used to be way bigger It's a real McCoys and Hatfield situation
5: Yeah, this (laughs) clan used to be way bigger that it got split over stealing from this old lady's house
0: (laughs) And Pappy, take us home here Before we close out the first act How does Remy blow it?
3: Yeah, so I think he's going to get some Saffron, right? For a little bit of an extra ingredient And the old lady is alerted and uh she's a great character by the way she reminds me a lot of the she's psycho she reminds me a lot of like the the female version of the old guy playing chess from that pixar short with like her giant yeah. eyes and everything yeah but she's just a fucking loose cannon with the shotgun uh she's josh Longin <laughs> and out there just firing shotgun shells <laughs> in the what? air the scare rats away and uh yeah like, like brett alluded to the family kind of gets separated and remy swims away on a, a cookbook uh from Gusteau, and then, and then it kind of sets up to i don't know if remy is you know necessarily losing his mind or if it's just a sense of imagination or if like the spirit of Gusteau is really visiting him uh but we get some interactions throughout the whole movie with remy uh talking to the spirit of gusto
6: if you are hungry go up and look around
0: remy Why do you wait and mope? Well, I've just lost my family. All my friends.
6: Probably forever. Uh, How do you know? Well, I... I, You are an illustration. Why am I talking to you? You just lost your family. All your friends. You are lonely. (laughs) Yeah, well... You're dead. Ah, uh, but that is no match for
0: wishful thinking. If you focus on what you've left behind, you will never be able to see what lies ahead. Now go up and look around. Did y'all have any feelings with the whole, like, did his family go down the left path or the right path when they're in the sewers? Nah, I don't, didn't really. I mean, no. No. Yeah, I mean, that's really sad. <laughs> Let that happened to <laughs> <Sorry>. him. <laughs> Just saying. So... Pappy, why don't you keep it moving here? Because I know that as he kind of escapes and goes up, as Gusto tells him, out of the cookbook, he does some pretty memorable things going through the pipes here, right? He sees some shit.
3: Yeah, and that's- Jack asked, you know, why do Stevie and I love Ratatouille so much? And why do I consider it a perfect movie? It's somehow-
1: I love it less than they do. Listen to the other
3: podcast. It somehow pulls (laughs) off its G rating- but there are times when it, like, crosses into, you know, more interesting territory. Not necessarily, like, violent territory or anything that's inappropriate. But the one, the one that sticks out to me is he's running through the walls. And there's this French couple arguing. And she's about to shoot him. And, like, Remy runs. they kind of runs back. And then they're, like, making out afterwards, which is really funny. It's a very Karen Henry Hill moment. French passion.
0: Stevie, you said that this is one of your favorite parts of the movie, too. He makes it all the way to the top. And he was out in the country... And just, he seemed to go down the river like a half mile, goes all the way up, and what does he find? He
5: finds that he is in the place where he's always wanted to be. I mean, he's been reading Gusto's book, he's been trying to mix ingredients and spices, he is in the food capital of the world, which is what they say at the beginning of this movie, he is in Paris. And it's such a cool moment, because the music is really good in this movie as well, the score is amazing. And also just kind of how excited he is to be in Paris. And right across the street from Gusteau's as well. It's very cool. So who's been to
0: Paris here? I have not. I have not.
3: I've been. Nope. To Paris. And actually, so I went to Paris on spring break in college and I had no money. I was studying abroad, so I took a Greyhound bus there. And it was an overnight bus from Paris, from Brussels to Paris, and there was just like babies crying. It was fucking chaos. (laughs) We get get to our hotel, and I shit you not, it's in the middle of District B13. It was in the worst (laughs) part of fucking (laughs) Paris.
4: I was terrified,
3: like leaving my hotel every time.
6: (laughs) But I've been there. You've been to some pretty dicey places. Haven't you I've had? lived,
0: Brett. I've lived a lot. <laughs> Speaking of dicey places, uh, the rat sees his like uh, the, the kitchen of his dreams.
6: <laughs> Thank you, Corey. He's right
0: next to Gusto's, and he sees like this big neon light, and he goes down there. Um, to me, this is one of the coolest parts of the movie. Uh, I want to open it up for discussion here as we see the restaurant for the first time. But Mikey, there's kind of like an adventure that he goes on and it's super dangerous and he's getting flamed and watered going in sinks. Can you just describe the scene a little bit add some color?
4: Yeah. So he's at the top of uh, the restaurant and he's overlooking the kitchen on like a glass window pane and he ends up falling through and uh, he's kind of left running around the entire kitchen, dodging knives and flames and wheels and shoes and stuff, uh, to get back to this open windowsill. And uh he's kind of tossed down there because he sees uh Linguini messing with the soup and just uh totally wrecking <laughs> it, I think. And um he ends up passing the soup again as he's about to walk outside the the uh window and before he does he fixes it or at least he's like trying to fix it and he adds ingredients and stuff. And then I think he ends up staying down there a little too long, and then he... uh, What happens after that? I think he just ends up Linguini seeing him (laughs) (laughs) cook, and they both kind of stare at each other and
0: kind of, like, disgust and shock. This is when good old Will Hunting, like, draws the equation in the chalkboard, and someone, like, accidentally finds it. This is Remy creating this magical soup out of this trash Linguini is throwing together.
6: Why was he throwing...
0: Why was he adding stuff to the
4: soup? I think he knocked something in it and ruined it, and okay. he tried to fix it.
6: I
3: couldn't remember. I,
4: yeah. But he was just messing it up more.
3: There's a nice little detail there too. Before Remy jumps into the kitchen, where like the movie slows down to take the time to explain like what all the different parts of a kitchen are. Stevie, did you do you like that? Because cause I I noticed this on kind of this rewatch too. Just thinking about like. Almost all of the early Pixar movies are about someone doing their job.
5: Yeah. um, I thought it was really neat to kind of slow down and kind of see the knowledge that Remy had of the kitchen and to also kind of explain what was going on within the story. Because if you really didn't explain that, I mean, it wasn't integral to the story, but you just kind of have characters walking around in motion at a certain point without really explaining, you know, what they're actually doing. And it also kind of sets up the point of, Remy dismissing Linguini off the bat because he's a garbage boy, you know what I mean? And that's when kind of the thesis of this whole movie of Anyone Can Cook kind of comes back into play.
0: It's kind of assemble the crew-ish. Uh, I really like the guy who like committed all the felonies or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> who are you guys' favorite like kind of B characters?
4: Uh, the guy who kills people with his thumb?
0: Yeah. Will Arnett? That's, yeah, it's Job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he was funny.
3: I like the guy who is in La Resistance, and they're like, which resistance? He's like, he won't say, but it did not go well or something like that. <laughs> he lost. Hmm. Uh, mine's
5: um, John Ratzenberger's character, Mustafa, who's uh, the waiter running in between the kitchen and the uh, the people. And he just loses his mind when they ask for something from Shefflin Queenie or something new. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, I couldn't figure out who he was. I f- forgot the look, and then it was over. And I was like, I wonder who John Ratzenberger was. Thank you. Now I know. Thank you. That was weird for me to say that, but never mind.
0: (laughs) So, Brett, there's also the character Colette, and probably no one named her because she's not really a B character, but um, can you introduce Colette to anyone who may not have seen this movie?
6: Yeah. um, She's your... uh, I'm not going to say that. Um,
1: (laughs) She has beautiful purple hair that was well animated with multiple tones in her hair.
6: There you go. And then uh, she is a woman trying to make it in a male dominated business and she's worked really hard she's had probably had to work twice as hard and she really wants to keep that and she that's why it's so incredible that she kind of goes out of her way to help linguinis because she's worked really hard to get where she is and one maybe even one misstep and she could that can all come tumbling down so she is pretty much she's a pretty fascinating character and um, I think she's kind of like the Maybe like the heart of the movie, but kind of like a little, she, you know, she's a little mean—not mean, but you know, she's fiery. So she's blunt. It's kind of like a cool mix of heart and fire.
1: She's direct and she's passionate about her job. Yeah,
0: yeah. So after we learn the whole crew and the kitchen setup, which is awesome. I worked in a kitchen too for a little while at Yogi's Bar and Grill at um, Bloomington, Indiana. But I, I think that the next part of the movie is where they tread really lightly, and Pappy, they do this thing where it's like uh, they're trying to... The storytelling's so tough. They have to make Linguini and this rat meet each other, and it's so unlikely. Um, How do they pull it off, and do you think they do it well?
3: Yeah, so... We should mention too that Pat and Oswald provides the voice of of Remy, and I I think he does an excellent job. But I I like the choice that they make that there's no sort of direct verbal communication between Linguini and and Remy. And and Linguini calls him Little Chef because obviously Remy's not able to convey his name. Um, and, And I think that it's kind of just, it's just sort of happenstance that, that, Remy can't like resist trying to fix the soup. Uh, Linguini uh, is mortified, obviously, to see a rat, but then the soup ends up getting sent out. And as far as I think they pulled it off, I, I think that Remy, when he's not talking, for some reason, just seems extra fucking cute. I can't explain <laughs> why, but he, like, <laughs> yeah, he has I these, like, Little smiles and like body gestures—it's just fucking adorable. And that's again, it's a trick of the movie, right? They're making Pixar is able to make a fucking rat. Cute. That is not easy to do on an animated level. Dude, rats are cute. Sorry. <laughs> no, they're not.
1: <laughs> I had one in middle
3: school for a little while. <laughs> Splinter's adorable. Rats are cute in context. Okay. If you have a pet rat, that's one thing. If you see a rat in the wild, I Corey, I guarantee you'd recoil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Peppy. I think they do this really gently. Um, the one mechanic, and I told you this earlier, that I don't really enjoy though, is how Pulling Linguini's hair like actually controls his physical body.
6: Yeah, that's that was a stretch, but I don't know how they were going to make it happen without, unless they made it so they could hear, like understand animals, which kind of. nah I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I thought it was pretty silly, but it, it's a cartoon movie where a rat can cook, so you know. <laughs>
4: It's not based in reality. Sorry, Josh. No,
0: definitely not. I know. The rats talk, and they can't talk in real life, but, I mean, rats do actually kind of have their own language, kind of, and I don't know. I just feel like they could have been more creative. I think of like a lot of the great montage scenes we've seen over the course of spoilers, and even in The Mandalorian, um, another Disney movie, I love some of the montages in that, I think could have done some sort of, like, rat training. And have you guys ever heard of Zard- Zardulu? No. Carry no. on. Uh, well, there's this woman that, like, the podcast Reply All found out about that she, like, secretly trains rats to do things. And then, like, tries to get people to take pictures of them and get them viral. So, like, years ago, there's a rat. Eating like a piece of pizza, like a human would, and someone took a picture of it and it went viral. No, no one's with me on pizza this. Pizza rat? She created pizza, pizza rat. Pizza, rat. <laughs> pizza.
4: <laughs> man. He was famous for really doing yeah.
0: rat. Now you're talking my language,
4: man.
2: Josh. Yeah,
6: there's a woman on uh, America's Got Talent last year who her whole thing was she trained rats, and they would climb up and down her. She they had them just doing a bunch of tricks and stuff like that. She made it past the first round, but then the second round, like the rat kind of just stopped in the middle of the course and just wouldn't do what she wanted to do. But that's what she does. She literally trains rats. Did this person also do
5: shower rat? The rat that showers like a human?
0: They oh. both done burrito rat. <laughs> but anyway, I bring all this mm. up to say there's there's a trope in pop culture about training rats to do things. It's like old flea markety sort of stuff and i think maybe having the rat train linguini somehow would have been kind of cool but instead he just like yanks his hair and he's like puppeteering him around i don't know
3: well first of all well, wait I, I think there is a, a failed training montage there's, there's a little bit of it i mean stevie it chucks it out the window stevie what do you, i he asked why we're so passionate about this movie do you want to defend uh josh's knit most certainly. I mean, they do <laughs> kind of
5: try a training when he's blindfolded and initially starts out with him throwing ingredients out the window. But also, there comes a certain point where they kind of train through the hair when Linguini's blindfolded, and he um, he's getting everything correct. Yeah. But they also need one another because Linguini will never be a good cook, and I don't want to skip to the end but it's really reinforced in Anton Ego's speech.
0: <laughs> you got some good points. There
5: can't be a training montage,
0: Josh. Linguini is untrainable. <laughs> He'll never be a good cook. So can anyone cook or not? I don't get it. No!
5: <laughs> not anyone can cook.
2: But a good cook can come from anywhere.
5: Exactly!
2: oh okay.
0: gotcha. So, moving on. I mean, that's a positive note, because like, these two people, or these two beings unlikely as they are team up and they kind of have a superpower now that they're together Corey, kylo ren you were on the lord of the rings episodes with us and bilbo ian home is bad in this movie and he plays another short character can you talk to us a little <laughs> bit about this plot point skinner kind of the negativity vibes
2: yeah so skinner is the guy that is running the kitchen when we meet Linguini, and he gets hired on as like a trash boy uh, he's a little guy. He, like you said, he's voiced by, uh, Bilbo. He, he wants to, like, inherit the business, I guess. So there's, like, um, a, a will that exists that, um, is later, like, revealed, but he's trying to take things over. And I think he wants to sell out was the vibe I got. Cause later on, he talks about forcing the rat to make him, like, microwave dinners. And we see, like, signs <laughs> of, like, uh what's his name? Gusto, like with like a Colonel Sanders kind of look, like he wants to do like a chicken restaurant. He <laughs> got one with a sombrero, he wants to do like Mexican food, so he kinda wants to I don't know, he wants to go all McDonald's
4: with it.
1: He's very pro commercialism and wanting to commercialize the food.
4: But he was like Gusto's number two, right? So he's not like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sous Chef.
3: Um, Which again, I-, I think the movie Josh, I'm interested to to see or hear what you think since you watched this with your family. Like the movie threads, like I said, a lot of sort of adult plot points uh, in a G movie in a really fantastic way, in my opinion. Like, do you think that your family, i.e., your children, sort of picked up that Linguini
0: was essentially a love child uh, of an affair? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I don't think they knew. But I mean, there's so much happening going on in the movie, and just like watching linguini trip around and basically knock stuff over everywhere he goes is enough oh. to distract.
5: Did they know that Linguini was hammered off his ass like the ne- <laughs> like the night before and oh, really yeah. hung over the next morning? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, one of them's really clear and Pappy, you made a meme of it. It's like he's introduced but he's introducing himself to Skinner saying like, "Yeah, my mom died, but she's covered cuz she's huh. dead." Like, she believed in heaven,
3: so she's mm. covered afterlife-wise. <laughs> afterlife-wise. <laughs>
4: <laughs> did your kids like it? Did they think Remy was cute? Uh,
0: I think they were feeling bad for Linguini at that very moment. Like they could, they could tell the tension, you know, like he's struggling there. But yeah, they love Remy. They love this movie, of course they did.
6: Uh, I have a question for the Pixar people. Like I said, I've only watched nine of the 22 or 23. Only nine. Is...
1: Feel the judgment, feel the shame, feel
6: it. I I know, I I, I couldn't believe it, Um, I actually thought I'd watch less, but is, is it common for them to bring up, like, heaven and God and stuff? No. I was gonna say, it seemed really, like, I didn't mind it, it just seemed really out of place, and I was like, oh,
0: that's weird, and then I was gonna ask you about it, so. Well, later in the movie, too, he says, like, you will make microwave dinners, or you will die. Like, they don't skirt around that at all.
1: And I think that's where Pixar separates itself from Disney, because Disney animation is all about the dead parents. And Pixar can get away with a little bit more thematically than I think that gives them more liberties as opposed to Disney animation.
6: Hey, boss, look who is here. Alfredo Linguini. Renata's little boy. Hi. All grown up, eh? You remember Renata? Gusto's old flame.
1: (laughs) Ah, yes, How are you? Uh, Linguini?
4: Yes, Linguini. So nice of you to visit.
2: Um, How is uh,
0: my mother?
2: Renata. Yes, Renata. How is she? Good. Well, not good.
6: She's been better. I mean... uh,
3: She died. Oh. I'm sorry.
4: Oh, don't be. She believed in heaven, so she's covered. You know, afterlife-wise.
0: So, yeah, I mean... That's who Skinner is and stuff, but Pappy, did we did we already say like there's this whole backstory about a will and yeah, there's a Chef Boyardee sort of like logo, but <laughs> there's a will with like a ticking clock. Do you want to just really quickly wrap up what that is?
3: Yeah, so there's like I said, there's a a letter indicating that Linguini is the love child of Gusto, and apparently um stipulated in Cousteau's will for some reason that unless an heir uh comes forward by a certain date it'll fall to his his second in command um and this is i i, I didn't like have a great sense of when this movie is supposed to take place i, I guess it's like late 80s or 90s or 2000s because dna technology comes into play uh, as part of the plot <laughs>
1: In DNA, he means the hairs from Gusto's hat and the hairs they somehow got from Linguini.
3: And some rat hairs, too. And some rat hairs.
0: (laughs) So for into Act 2, I mean, I think Act 2 goes all the way up until Linguini catches Remy and his family pilfering all the food. But I'd be amiss to not open that up for discussion. I mean, there's so many details and cool little things and arcs that happen in here, and I'd love to go around and just talk about some of your favorites.
6: Well, it's kind of surprising to me that like of all things LaGuini gets kind of full of himself, like he kind of forgot how he got there, and that's kind of how the falling the falling out between the two is because he's like super he gets super cocky, right? And he's like leave me alone, I have to prepare for my big day or whatever, and that's when he lets all his rat rat kings and rat friends come in and steal
1: I think he got caught up in the moment and caught up with everything going around that he just kind of forgot how he got there.
5: I mean, he just inherited what's now the hottest restaurant in all of Paris. So, I mean, I could definitely see getting a little fame drunk at that point. Yeah.
1: Because he was wine drunk earlier in the movie already.
5: <laughs> I um kind of like digging in more to the backstory of Remy's dad in these kind of scenes Um, especially when Remy meets back up with Emile and takes him back to his dad in kind of the rat jazz club of Paris. Um, You kind of get a greater sense of why his dad is like the way that he is for the fact that, you know, when you see your son doing very human things as he's growing up and wanting to do human things and not just be a rat, but he also kind of explains like, these humans that you want to be like have been killing us forever and they do not like us. And so I kind of like how it dug more into that with his dad.
0: Mm -hmm. Stevie, how terrifying is that scene on the corner?
5: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, I think I've seen that that place is actually real with the rats in Paris. Um, That wall of rats. What uh, is that?
2: What are they selling there? Dead rats? <laughs> What's going on there? I think
5: they were exterminators, weren't they? I can't remember, but I definitely know that that wall is real. <laughs> um, the best
0: food is in Paris.
5: Is it? <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, it's. There's some moments in this movie that are pretty dark. Uh, this is probably one of them. It's the darkest.
4: <laughs> Stevie, I got I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, Since Brian Dennehy is from Chicago, he's a Chicago rat. How does a Chicago rat Chi-ca-go. end up in Paris? How does that happen? What's that story? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great movie in its
5: own,
3: wouldn't it? It's the oh reverse American tale. <laughs> Fible, Fible goes east. <laughs> Back to Europe. Django goes east. <laughs>
5: east. That'd be so funny. That's a great question, Mikey. That'd be a great movie too.
1: Probably cruise boats, because cruise boats go from port to port with all that food.
4: Yeah, because their
0: accent's hmm, true. just not lining up with the parasite. <laughs> Chicago
5: rat. <laughs>
0: There's a little bit of animation in this middle part and at the beginning, I guess, where Emil and I think earlier um, Ratatouille, they're like tasting things and trying to like really get deep into the thoughts and artistic tastes that they're happening to. And sort of in like Pixie, it's like a f- frozen to black background sort of way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's these like so bright thinking. colors and really abstract Uh, Well, they were showing you what he was thinking and what he was
1: feeling and what he was tasting and the struggle to taste the nuttiness.
4: (laughs) I liked it, though. It was like kind of uh, using all of your other senses to describe taste is kind of like what he was trying to teach him is an interesting representation of that, I think.
1: Another animation that stood out going from the second to the third act is when they were talking in the rain. And you could see all the raindrops splashing off the pavement Mm. behind them when they're in a close-up. And I really thought that Pixar did well with animating the rain. And as it slowly zoomed out, you could see more dampness and rain throughout the area.
0: And I love that, too. And Pappy touched on it a little earlier. But, like, yeah, Remy is cute. But then Pixar will remind you, this is a wet rat in a sewer right now. <laughs> and it's suddenly like you get it and he goes back into the kitchen and you're like, oh man, he's been walking around in poo. This is no good. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that, that scene that he's in the, what, the sewer? Like I remember the first time seeing that and when the water splashes on him from... The sewer, like seeing that for the first time, you don't really, you've never really seen water like that before animated, and it looks crazy rolling off of mm-hmm. his nasty rat hair. So, I mean, it still looks amazing today, but I just remember being like shocked by seeing that the first time I saw it.
3: Yeah, it's hard to underestimate. This is 2006, and if you listen back to mm-hmm. our every Disney movie ranked podcast, literally every like Disney animated studios movie from this time is in like our bottom like 10, like this is like the <laughs> worst time for Disney. It's hard to it even underscore. It was a
1: bad phase for Disney.
3: No one in the world is making animation like Pixar is making at this point. It's really incredible.
4: I mean, yeah, even the cooking stuff too. I mean, I can't even, I've seen so many cooking shows, like un, ungodly amount of cooking shows from like PBS to all this stuff on Netflix now. But like, they nail everything about how cooking looks and how these chefs are acting and stuff. And you can even like see in the soup that it's like, you can see the oil is different from like the base of the soup and the vegetables. It's like, you can see all the layers and stuff. It's crazy what it looks like. It's, it's, uh, so awesome how detailed all of the food looks and you get hungry watching it because it's so realistic. It's such good animation.
1: Details definitely weren't spared on the plates that they deliver to everybody either.
6: The ratatouille plate looked crazy, like so many colors, and you could see that it was like layered and stuff, so it was pretty cool. Do
0: you guys, what do you guys think Remy should have done here, like in hindsight, when he's like trying to juggle this cooking job, but also he's got hungry family, but he doesn't want to steal from the restaurant, like what, what should he have done?
6: I'd say F the family. That's wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> F the family.
3: <laughs> Staunch. Like, like, I got a job. Like if it was,
6: no, like, if it was his dad and his brother, but he got he's being intimidated by Titan. They're all his like, brothers. Don't tell me that's not like the mafia shaking down. Well,
1: I think he said friends and when he brought them over, so they're all not exactly blood-related?
4: Remy could poison the ones that he wants and not poison <laughs> the ones that he wants to save. <laughs>
6: I just think they're rat pressuring him into to getting him food and I don't like it I don't like that part of the movie why? I love that
0: Pret. tell me more <laughs> uh,
6: no I've spoken my piece <laughs> I love it
0: well, was the
4: family like struggling for food or what, did they just want to eat the good food?
6: they want to eat the good food they don't want to have to do anything for which is kind of goes against what the old man was saying the whole time right like they're not stealing they're scavenging or whatever they're doing surviving this is like stealing they're not they're not having to work for it at all
1: it's a good plot point though as the contrast between his love of his family and his desire to do what is right and be a good chef which involves not stealing and so it's showing that um internal struggle for him does he really love his family though
4: Yes, he wants the, Dude, the approval look, the of look his, on his face <laughs> When his family shows up and they like expect him to go back in there and cook is like a, a face every chef makes of just like, God damn it. I get one more order right before this. I'm about to close up shops, like <clears throat> fucking ridiculous. But he's they nail that. It's so funny that they've like personified this rat. <laughs> this is
5: really in line with what Remy has been doing the entire movie, which is stealing food. Like, especially when the figment of gusto has to pop up every five minutes and tell him not to steal. Linguini's told him not to steal. Like, it's pretty reinforced that the entire first 75 minutes, don't steal. And this is when, like, the two worlds finally came to a head, like, in that theme.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, he's a rat. I mean, the rats, they scavenge. I mean, he's, like, the one rat that has a job. But
4: what are they <laughs> <has> <laughs> like The other rats don't have a job. They have to steal. He's
5: got an eight to five like everybody else. Files for his taxes.
4: So he's got a studio apartment. He's got a six studio apartment. I like his little <laughs> setup there. He's got a great view.
1: He even has a sleeping bag the shape of an oven mitt.
0: Yeah, it's pretty Put cool. Put a little PS4 <laughs> in there. I mean, he's cooking. <laughs> he's cooking. Well this is that's when Linguini has just like a small space. He's about to hit it big, but there like the whole divisiveness comes um it really stems from the scene where Linguini is forced to cook everything and he's drunk and Stevie mentioned it earlier and he kind of falls asleep at the helm here. Colette comes in uh Pappy, I think this is kind of a key scene So can you take us through it? Like Colette's trying to talk to him And Remy really saves his ass here They end up kissing at a motorcycle It, It all happens so quick What happens here?
3: Yeah, one of the things that, like, strikes me every time about this movie, and it reminds me, too, of the scene in The Walls where uh, a a moment of violence is suddenly changed into a moment of passion. (laughs) Colette is about a millisecond away from macing Linguini in the fucking face, (laughs) just taking him out. Yeah. But, But for some reason... Yeah, I think Linguini, is, and this is like I think I wrote it in like my initial Letterbox review. I, I've watched this so many times in the past year, but it's it's very much Aladdin or a Goofy movie where Linguini is now kind of lying to get a girl, and, and he's he basically in not so many words says that she is the inspiration for why he's able to cook so so well, and like sort of that along with a kiss is what kicks off their their, rom- their romance their romance little romance montage that that follows.
1: I did not find that kiss romantic at all. In what way? Well, at F- Remy's fault, I mean, he kind of falls into her and kisses her and is pushing her towards the bike, and she has the mace like at <laughs> his face. And you can see with her body language how uncomfortable she is. And then she just gives in. Like It it just didn't scream like a romantic coming together with Disney and birds. You
6: don't know what his other hand's doing, though.
4: (laughs) There's a faint rat smell (laughs) in the air as well.
2: (laughs) That's
3: what
4: really sealed the
2: deal, the smell of rat. (laughs) He did not get consent.
3: See, that's my point. It's just like if she was going to mace him, why else is she macing him other than the fact that she thinks he's about to kiss her or do something erratic? (laughs) I don't understand why that works. Like That's why she was getting the mace out.
1: Well, in the third act, when Colette is the last one to leave the kitchen after everybody has left, she wants to slap him in the face because he lied to her the whole time. And then she shows restraint, which I thought was really well animated. The restraint and she just walks off in disappointment.
2: I noticed that look as well, like the animation of her face like it, yeah, that was a good moment in terms of animation. Like it looked like spot on, like uh, realistic.
0: Yo, I think Colette's been through, through some shit.
2: <laughs> I think so too.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's got Mace at the ready. She, like She just flat out said like she's had to bully her way. She
1: doesn't mess around.
0: Yeah. Feel bad for Colette, but yeah, I mean... Linguini's falling head over heels for as he trips all around. Um, In the the background, Anton Ego guy is kind of, like, daring this restaurant that's becoming famous. He's, like, kind of taking some jabs at him in the press. And eventually, there's that press meeting where, like Pappy said, you know, he gives all the credit to Colette, who is a very good chef. So, you kind of, like, get it. But Remy does not take it well. He splits and goes with his family. They all get caught for stealing, and we enter the third act. Um, Corey, you're the origins guy here. As we get in this <laughs> third act, can you can you help lead us into what's happening here? So you were
2: you were talking about like the rats stealing all the food, and uh, that happens like at the least opportune time because
0: exactly Linguini yes. is
2: about to uh, apologize to Remy for being full of himself. And while he's doing that, he realizes that all the rats are stealing, so they kind of have, like, the big falling out, and Linguini decides to cook for Anton Ego without Remy, so he's going to try to do it without a secret weapon, and uh, Remy's off on his own, but I think somewhere around here he discovers the will, if I remember correctly. Am I in the right place? I don't remember. We've jumped around so much, I have no idea. (laughs) I think
0: the Will stuff has been taken care of. That's been already taken taken care care of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is mostly just like, yeah, like, Remy's missing. I think he gets trapped in a cage for point two. But it it all kind of starts with Colette telling him to rev up the troops.
1: Well, the inspirational speech to, you know, (laughs) get them all going as a new owner and the new day with Ego coming... And it is the worst speech ever.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, he can't. I mean, he's look. He's he's a waiter. That's I think we found what he excels at because he can't cook. He can't really run the kitchen, but uh,
0: he seems to do waiting motivate. tables pretty good on those roller skates. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that
1: was after everybody left after that speech.
0: I don't know. Like Corey said, this is kind of everything is going wrong at once. Stevie, do you, can you like point out what some of those things are? I think that'll help us kind of get through this third act.
5: So, like, it's kind of one of those things where uh, Linguini's, like, the head man in charge right now. And like you said, Remy is missing. He's locked away in a cage. And this is where Linguini's been, like, excelling for so long that the other chefs are starting to turn to him when things go wrong. And that's when typically when Linguini will turn to Remy, but he is no longer there. And this is when Anton's going to be there. Orders are supposed to start going out, and Linguini has absolutely no idea what he's doing. And this is pretty much when, I believe if I remember correctly, he explains to the staff uh, that it was Remy all along. Mm
2: -hmm.
5: And they all decide, (laughs) all these guys who are very much misfits, uh, but are great at what they do, just look at each other and they bolt. They're like, this Mm -hmm. is not our scene. And this is really a very, like, all is lost kind of moment of despair in the movie. Especially with Anton Ego telling the waiter he wants perspective.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's Pappy's boy, Peter O'Toole. Yeah, I love Peter O'Toole. Speaking of him, I love how Ego's office earlier in the movie when they show it, it's like shaped like a coffin Coffin. on the overhead (laughs) shot. But that's, you know... Again, I'm going to go back to Jackass. You know why why do Stevie and I love this movie so much? And and to me, not to Ryan Johnson it, but it subverts a lot of the things that you expect it to be. Like you expect that the final conflict's going to be the ownership of the restaurant but that's wrapped up by the end of the act too and like the way that Linguini delivers the speech he's like he he like lays it all out he's like who and then like you know this rat's been doing everything we can do it we can like knock ego socks off who's with me and everyone just walks out let's do this (laughs) let's do this and they all
0: quit (laughs) i mean they gotta they gotta quit right do they
1: I don't think it was necessary for them to quit, but for the plot of Remy and his family, I think they need to create that space for his clan to support him and for him to see that his family supports him.
2: Like In the context of this universe where the rats and I presume other animals are like free thinkers and are basically humans but just are kind of lazy, I don't think it's that crazy to say like oh well this rat was helping me in this universe like in our universe that would be insane right of course people would quit or at least run away screaming but (laughs) i don't know the rats are pretty human-like they have all the wants and needs of humans except for their colony just seems like kind of lazy they're like ah, we'll eat trash but other than that we function as a human (laughs) society then the rats come right
1: correct he talks with his his father shows up And then the health inspector is there, and Delta Team goes into action. (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) And goes after the health inspector, which has to be completely freaked out. Had To have a health inspector release that quantity of rats, and then to have them chase after him? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was
4: funny. I mean, could you imagine seeing that many rats in a real kitchen? You would... Vomit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> and then to be kidnapped by them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's gotta be a nightmare.
1: Well, they hadn't had their dishwasher bath yet. The dishwasher bath comes next because they all have to wash their hands
4: to be clean. <laughs>
1: Instead they they went through the dishwasher, which I loved how poofy and fluffy they're all who are like standing. Yeah,
0: it's cool. To the point where the tiny one could just punch steaks with his bare <laughs> knuckles and it's just fine to eat.
4: <laughs> this whole scene is pretty amazing though. Uh, Yeah, like, there's a lot going on. There's rats sliding around on skateboarding on butter and frying pans and tipping salt over, over countertops and stuff. It's really crazy. It's like a Rube Goldberg of like rats in a kitchen. It's awesome. <laughs> They're just rats. <laughs> I think this is where,
1: um, outside of seeing Paris for the first time that. in the rain, I think this moment was where... Pixar's really flexing their ability to do animation with Mm -hmm. this multitude of things happening simultaneously.
0: So many of the plot points come together here at the end. Everything happens kind of so quick. Stevie, I know I've been kind of heavy on you here, but I think you've seen the movie the most times. Oh, yeah. I've been been thinking all day about how to try to wrap this up, but I think you could do it best. Can you just paint us kind of a verbal picture of how this whole situation with Anton and the rats cooking Mm. winds up.
5: So these rats are
0: cooking away.
5: The colony is functioning as a team. It's incredible. Colette's there. Linguini's there. The rats are functioning as one giant human rat. It's all (laughs) awesome. And the great anticipation of this is like, I hate it. I know, you brought this up kind of subverting where you think Skinner is going to be the villain when it, it's not even as much as like Anton's ability is more of an obstacle and this is where there's a brilliant moment where um Brett mentioned earlier how the ratatouille comes out of the kitchen and then Queenie serves can it can I jump
6: in here Steve, Stevie I've been thinking about this yeah go ahead. since I watched it and I, I know I'm kind of like the uh hyperbole guy here but I think I must hope this all comes out the way I want it to um A lot of movies try to do this where they take the bad guy or a cold guy and all of a sudden, you know, they do something to make him, you know, his metaphorical black heart like or cold heart melt or whatever. And I'd say a lot of times they get it right. But I think this was like maybe the best example I've ever seen in a movie where they have a guy. He's vindictive. He's cold. He's mean. And you think what is literally the one thing that could turn him into a normal non-bitter person and that's serving him the ratatouille where it's a perfect nostalgic moment from probably s- 65 years ago when he was a kid with his mom
0: <laughs> i mean like pre-world war Two. <laughs> yeah and i think his dad died in that war <laughs> and
6: i think it's just the perfect i think it's perfect like it's I don't think they could have done it any better than they did. And it, it like blew me away. I thought, man, that's. I added like a half star to my rating just for And it's for only
4: that. 20 seconds long. It's so short. They nail it. Yeah, it's perfect. It's so cool to see.
6: I
5: agree, Brett. It is perfect for the fact that, like, it says a lot all at once. And it's very. I mean, you wouldn't say it's rushed, but there's a lot going on. But you kind of get the sense that, like, with one bite that mm-hmm. Remy served up, and, you know, with all the rats up and Colette and Linguini, Anton remembered why he loved food to begin with. Yep. And you're yeah. right. I mean, it's,
6: it, it is quick, but it's not rushed. You're right. I mean, it's- it, it says
5: so much in so little time that it's like, I mean, like Pap said, his office is shaped like a coffin. You know what I mean? It's almost <laughs> like his love for food has been dead. And he's been taking it out
0: mm-hmm. on these
5: rentra- rent, uh, restaurant tours forever. And it's like with one single bite, um, he remembered why he loved food to begin with. It's a very cool moment. Would you
6: say that with that one bite, he got served perspective?
5: He got served so Oof. much perspective and some really delicious wine. And I also... <laughs> this movie is... I love this movie to death. It means the world to me. But the following scene after, when, you know... Colette and Laguini kind of explain to him, "Finish your meal," or wait till everybody's gone, and then we'll bring out the chef. And it's a very poignant moment of like, you know, you think mm-hmm. Anton's going to freak out and he sees Remy, and they're trying to explain everything,
6: but the way he just politely bows mm-hmm. and walks out is
5: oh, so that's cool unbelievable.
6: To like this, mm-hmm. this five to ten minute scene here makes the whole movie for me. Uh, I'm not saying I didn't like the rest of it, but. This was amazing. And listening to him write his article.
1: The reading of his article was a highlight for me on this watch. It really stood out.
3: I got emotional on this watch. I don't don't know what it is. Like, I just got a little choked up. It's just so... It's such an adult message, right? That like, I don't know. It's not Mr. Rogers. It's not you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Because that's bullshit. And we probably shouldn't be telling kids that they can be whatever they want to be. But it's telling kids it doesn't matter what background you come from you could still potentially achieve your goals and that's just so mature for like a, a G-rated movie and,
6: and like you said Pappy like, talk about like subversion Like you think this is going to be the end they're going to be the talk of the town the restaurant's going to be huge and then 35 seconds later oh, no, Ego got fired, the restaurant got shut down and they're all disgraced it's like, <laughs> right. it's like holy crap Like I <laughs> didn't expect it to happen and it was awesome the following day his review appears.
5: In many ways, the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and themselves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and to read. But the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things, The average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so. I do love that speech. That speech is incredible. Just, I mean, the way it starts when he's like, "In many ways, the work of a critic is easy." Yeah, he like rips on himself (laughs) and his whole
0: field. Which brings me to our next point: is that kind of what spoilers is? Are we just a (laughs) bunch of egos out here? We've never really,
6: we've never created anything.
1: No, you guys, you know, one of the lines is, which I think applies to you guys, is not everyone can become a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. And I think that applies to all of you in this podcast. I don't know what
6: you're talking about. I'm a fantastic Uh. artist. (laughs) (laughs) Are memes
4: not art? Are memes not art? (laughs) Your memes are true art.
0: (laughs) Uh. Kylo, you create two podcasts. Did you feel some of that? Do you f- see yourself as a critic? and did, did this change your <laughs> world outlook at all? I, I mean, I got I some of the same thoughts as you guys
2: when he's like bashing his field a little bit at the beginning before the the conversation kind of shifts. I was like, fuck, man. He, he's right. All, these people are putting <laughs> their heart and souls into doing stuff, and I'm just like, sucks, worthless, <laughs> worst movie
3: <Big> ever. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, do you agree with kind of his thesis there that like the only real way that a critic adds value is in kind of the defense of something that's overlooked that you just have to sift through a bunch of bullshit, hoping that you find some gold nugget and you can go to back for it?
0: I agree that it's probably the most valuable, but I think we've proven that we can also just provide humor along the way. I'm
3: surprised I didn't touch a nerve with you, Pap. No, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, like, I I, I think that like Corey did. I, I kind of, it hits home, right? I started a movie, or we started a movie podcast that's just kind of either one absolutely shitting on something or two <laughs> like this, like, talking about how much we love it. And, like, I, I hope that, you know, Stevie and I, we talk on the phone a lot. And we said today, like, sometimes we talk about spoilers. And, like, we, we used to say, you know, if one person, like gets turned on to a movie because of us or if we have one like fan out there then that's enough to keep this podcast going and and, like just the fact that we're doing ratatouille and someone loves this movie enough and like loves us enough to like want to hear why we love it that's that's kind of reaffirming as much as (laughs) ratatouille makes me question it sometimes i
6: think we said that three years ago pap i think it was three Mm -hmm. years ago when we said that my, Mm -hmm. my brother does not watch movies at all and he like worships our podcast
3: that's good to know.
6: <laughs> have him
3: request a
0: movie. We'll do it. I think one of the reasons that Alton Ego's message doesn't hit as hard for Anton. us is- Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 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 Anton Ego, his message doesn't hit as hard because I think Alex Cooper already softened it a little bit.
3: Ugh. Ugh.
6: I was implying that a minutes sh- ago. I didn't <laughs> want to say his name. We kind of already called that. out hey, Alex, for this. Alex, we're sorry. I've never seen one <laughs> of your movies, go. Alex. I never have. I have no problem with you. Some I mean, have we gone too us. far
0: in some places, like George
2: says? <laughs> yeah, we may have gone too far in some places. Jar Jar is the key to everything.
3: i say Alex Cooper is the key to all of this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I also think there might be some sort of deeper meaning in here that, like, the ego guy, the haughty, big critic from Perry, he, like, ultimately relates to a rat here. And I think that is kind of beautiful, I guess. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'll just make that my yes or no It's a yes I appreciate that Pixar provided this entertainment For me and my family Let's just go in the same order from the top of the pod West to east
1: This film is A yes for me I have not watched it in many years So it was a pleasure to be invited on uh, With an excuse to watch it again It still does not rank as highly As some of you But it is A well Worth film
2: to watch. Corey? Oh, sorry. Didn't realize I was next.
4: (laughs) Clicking furiously. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Sorry, I'm clicking off over here. Um, So I'm going to give this a yes as well. Although I got to say that this type of movie, like Disney Pixar animated movies, is really not my jam. I know it's some of your guys' jam, and that's cool. I just I don't watch these movies recreationally in most cases, but I, I got to say this is a pretty exceptional uh, one of the bunch, and I liked it at the time I saw it. I like it now. It has a lot of heart. The speech at the end from the critic, Anton, is probably the best part of the movie, like we talked about it. Uh, it has a really strong ending, like the mm-hmm. way this movie builds up and the ending is just super satisfying but without being... Um, predictable as far as them winning the day. They win the day in their own way. And I like that. It's a yes.
3: I'm gonna obviously go a yes too. Uh unlike Corey, I'm I'm very passionate about animation and and I think that, you know, in terms of filmmaking, animation is kind of the most open ended of, of anything. If if you imagine it it can be it can be a movie. And you know, why do I think this is one of the most exceptional Pixar movies? It's not Based on anything, as far as I know, Stevie, keep me honest there. Like it's, it yeah, it's seems based like based on be. a real, a true story of a rat who uh, ran a kitchen in Paris. <laughs> well, no, that- his name was
0: Bruce. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was joking, Pat. I'll be, sure
0: to, uh, <laughs> I'll
3: be sure to interrupt Brett and his yes or no. But like I was saying, like so many of Disney's IP and I talked about this on the Aladdin. They just steal something from the public domain and put it on lockdown with their like ridiculous copyright laws. And this is a completely original story. Yeah. It's exceptionally animated. Like look at look at what Disney was animating in two thousand six. Compare this to fucking home on the fucking range and see which <laughs> one better. And it's I don't just even know what that is. nurse
0: isn't going to like that language though, Pap. <laughs> She's
3: not, and and I'm really, like I said, thankful for the fan request who, who requested this. I never, ever, ever rewatch movies. Anyone who follows me on Letterbox can attest to this. And but something about this movie just like keeps me coming back. I said sort I've of watched it three times in a year. One of my favorite Pixar movies. Definite hard yes. And thanks again to the the fan who requested it.
4: I'm next. Uh, I agree with everything Pap said. I'll just double down on. Um... The animation and uh, Pan Oswalt's uh, voice acting. He really kind of sends the movie home. He's amazing in it, and he's so funny, and I think he has a perfect voice for this this little animate, animated character. Uh, but again, the animation is just so awesome. Everything about the food, uh, the way everybody moves, how everything looks in the kitchen... And just, like, people's mannerisms and everything. I forgot to mention, like, if you look at the chefs, they have, like, cuts and burns all over their wrists. Like, the attention to detail yep. is insane in this movie. Um, so, I, I love it so much. I love uh, watching cooking shows and stuff. And if you're into that kind of stuff, you this is an absolute must-watch if you're semi-interested in any of that stuff. So, this is one of the best movies, I think, we've reviewed on here. I love this movie so much. So, yes.
5: Um, yeah I think as I stated before this is also thank you to the fan request I'm so excited you picked this uh, this is my absolute favorite Pixar movie by far uh, this movie is the reason I love to cook I think I annoyingly send, annoyingly send pictures to Mikey and Pap all the time of my creations uh, it's just I don't know this movie also there's a theme in there that just screams bravery to me um, especially the idea of cooking for someone outside of your own and kind of like waiting for beta breath of what they're going to say. Uh, animation is absolutely incredible. Like we said, Anton's uh, speech at the end really caps off this movie. And I don't know. I think I'm weird for this. Cause I, I don't think many people say this, but I think this movie is absolutely perfect. So hardest of yeses.
0: Before we go over to Brett, do you know any other just tidbits about the movie, Stevie, that you'd like to just fire off here?
5: Um, Yeah, so I was watching behind the scenes of this and really, Brad Bird is an absolutely incredible director.
0: He's a genius. Um,
5: He is an absolute genius when it comes to this stuff and he knows what works and what doesn't. And not a lot of people like reference this a lot, but it's one of my favorite things that Disney does and that's the creation of character through clay moldings. Um, It's not just drawing them, it's really fleshing out how these characters are going to look from a 3D design, and they spend so much time on these clay molding designs. It's really fun to watch. Um, so anybody who has a DVD just wants to go on YouTube, watch that process. It's absolutely incredible. And I think Pappy brought this up too. The main thing <laughs> that Bradbird was pushing throughout this was Remy has to look cute. 100% Remy has to be the cutest character on screen at all
0: times.
1: I think he succeeded in making me yeah.
0: cute. I
4: don't know,
0: Linguini's 100%. pretty goofy looking. Like <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hit it over to Brett.
6: I don't know, I'm scared. I don't want Pappy to yell at me.
1: You don't fear me yelling at you? Just Pappy? No,
6: no definitely not you. Um, this is a, a yes for me.
1: Uh,
6: it's just definitely in my top nine Pixar favorite Pixar movies. So... Um, <laughs> There is a... I don't know if you want to call it a trope or not that I hate that they did this movie and it bugged me. Uh, But it's when people just are tripping all over the place and knocking things off the shelf and just that whole clumsy, goofy thing that uh, Linguini was doing. I can't stand that in movies. Um, Luckily, they didn't do it the whole time. And uh, even with that, this movie was awesome. I said it like the last 5 to 10 to 15 minutes is unbelievable it's one of my favorite endings I've seen Uh, completely like Pappy said earlier subverts what you expect this whole movie and I really enjoyed it and I think I'm going to go get a pet rat now and (laughs) (laughs) it'd be a better cook than me I I mean I promise you that so it definitely yes this is uh, really good I really liked it Pratt learn to cook anyone can do it well
1: even you
5: even bread
1: can't they
0: <laughs> uh, just to sign off here since it is spoilers um, Stevie I want you to go first because you've made this but whoever whoever wins this trivia gets to s- throw us off to spoiler man but just how many how many ingredients are in ratatouille the dish oh, oh mine Jeez. nope I got the just number one result recipe and I just counted them give me they one listed- second Oh, whoa.
5: What? I'm, I'm doing it in my fingers. I'm trying to remember what I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's Let's Googling see. It. Let's see. There's uh, eggplant, green zucchini, yellow Giving zucchini, away. tomato. Then there was uh, 16, what I used.
6: 16, Josh. All right. Aren't we trying to guess? I thought that's what the thing. <laughs> I was trying to list them off. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got it. I'll go them. with. Yeah,
5: then I think I had yellow pepper, orange pepper, green pepper, olive oil, chicken stock, rosemary, onion. So this uh, is disgusting, okay. Oh, no, it was was absolutely perfect. Uh, Let's see. Then I used olive oil. I think I already didn't say olive oil
0: yet. And garlic, I'll say 15. Okay. Really ironic that Brett doesn't have patience and trivia.
6: I thought you were trying to ask us to guess and then you kept saying he kept listing things and you're like he's giving it away so I was trying to help you out
0: go ahead and go next Brett he guessed 15
1: 16
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so shook uh, Price is Mike. Right, rules.
1: I'm going down to 12 I'm just jumping in
0: okay Mikey
4: was salt and pepper uh, ingredient, what are we oh. talking here is Is a dinner roll included? Or, uh... <laughs> it's a mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> Does that count as one dish? Uh, I'll say... I'll say 13.
3: Pappy. Can't wait till Brett watches, uh, Toy Story 4 and he learns the lesson of not interrupting people <laughs> like that movie is all about. But, I'm gonna go with 7.
0: Brett, you're a one-off. Stevie led you to the right path. It was seventeen oh, that's individual oh, you didn't ingredients to pick me. I can't Spoiler man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what two ingredients what two ingredients were I missing? I'm so sorry, Corey. <laughs> sorry, Corey. Sorry, <laughs> right. I'm very tired. <laughs> Corey, what's your guess? I was definitely going to go with 17, like, easily. There you go. <laughs> Clearly. No, I would have probably gone, like, five or lower. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I'm so glad this is just unofficial yeah. trivia. No drama. <laughs> no, th- yeah, no, no blowing drama, up yeah. <laughs> No, so, I don't know. Before Brett th- throws us off a real Pappy, what do we got coming down the pipe here?
3: Uh, definitely a, a punishment movie has come out recently. Uh, last Airbender. Uh, check out Mulan uh, as well. And then, yeah, like I've said this in the last few episodes, I you know it's a, a tough time for everybody. We can only do so much here at Spoilers, but if you're a fan and you've listened to all one hour and fifteen minutes or whatever this ends up
0: being of
3: of Ratatouille, please just DM us on any platform that Spoiler Man's going to tell you about, and we'll we'll do our best to do any movie that you name.
0: Thanks, Jack. Story twelve.
3: Brett Take it away Spoiler man
4: Our email is Podcastspoilers At gmail.com Twitter is At spoilers Underscore pod Our Instagram Is podcast spoilers It's lit
0: You guys ready to record?
2: Yep, I am. Yeah. Josh, don't pay attention to yes. how many
0: times I click. I want to like mimic it on my end too. Now, like we can get a chant thing going, make a song.
1: Oh no! What? What? What?
0: We can't tell you why, but Corey does extra clicks.
5: Why are you always clicking? <laughs>
1: Is Corey a clicker dicker?
0: Hey, y'all have to listen to the post-credit. I hijack, didn't have right. the hijack for that. Oh, man, it's lost audio. That sucks.
1: Don't you record the master on Skype?
0: I didn't start yet. And
1: oh.
3: Now it's history's mysteries. why Corey clicks 20 times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Corey, why do you click 20 times? I have to zoom out as soon as I start recording. I, like, <laughs> if I don't zoom out, it, it looks weird to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I tried to do it fast, so it's like really rapid clicks. Oh, Command. That's awesome. Can't you just do Control-4? No, extra clicks, Pap. Kathy, I have a method, OK? <laughs> I'm <sorry laughs> to draw is too much attention all to All he this. knows just, just
4: extra clicks. Just delete. It so bad. If you delete system thirty two, well, doesn't even start zoomed
1: in. think I'm breaking my quarantine to hang out with you guys.
3: Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Jeez, oh Brett. Gosh.
6: Brett, this is, is really
1: not right of
6: happiness. Or
1: is it just me and Pappy that are in quarantine? I think Corey's
6: gotta be. Oh yeah, I'm... yeah,
1: because Corey's in California. He's quarantined.
6: I'm not oh. really quarantined. I mean, I, I work every day. Uh, so, doesn't Fort dentist, Wayne have a uh, lot of cases out there?
0: Yeah,
6: not like. I mean, Compared we're a big city. We're a big city, so I guess
2: a decent amount. Okay. Maybe it's somewhere else. I heard it was somewhere in Indiana. Indy.
6: Like- Indy. Indy's like a freaking hot spot right now. Indianapolis. You think corona late
4: started late. Indianapolis. Uh, uh,
1: no, it started I think here. I
4: County is pretty bad, too.
1: In my area. Thank you.
2: Where's that? China.
1: No, God. No, I'm from... I'm north of Everett, and the first guy that was positive with corona came to my local hospital, and they put him in an Ebola tent.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. shit.
1: Yeah, because they didn't know what the fuck to do, so they stuck him in a tent. They've been saving for Ebola. And he was, like, in this, like, you know, big, giant, air-sealed, rubberized bounce house, basically.
2: he was whisked away and never seen again. Yeah, but he (laughs) he got better. I guess we can be glad it's not Ebola, but... Still.
5: I am so excited. Let's record. Yeah, okay. let's record. Ready.
4: Yes. Ben ready. ready. All right. I'm ready. Alright. Uh Pixie, it's three, two, one, and then we press on go. Then you click twenty times.
1: Oh, I'm not a noob <laughs> like the other people who can't go on go. I've been around your guys' <laughs> podcast before.
4: Alright. Well, here we go. Three, two. One,
0: go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rats and humans live side by side in harmony. This is Fan Request Ratatouille Spoilers. <sighs> Let's go!